is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi everyone, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 588, recorded on Monday the 6th of June, 2022. Hi Jason, how are you this week? Hi Chris, I am doing well, how are you? <laughs> doing okay, but I I bit my tongue really bad during dinner tonight. Oh, fuck, I hate that. And like I did that the other day. It's feeling okay now, but it just makes me... Like, it hurt a lot, and it bled a lot. It just makes me realize, like, how in all these years of evolution have we not adapted to our our mouths not having, you know, being able to bite our own damn tongues? Like, come on. Yeah, no, it's a real bitch. I, uh, I've bitten my tongue uh, recently. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe a week ago or so. It's still a little bit sore. It makes you talk a little bit funny. I don't, so, I don't think I'm talking funny tonight unless I just can't hear it, but, uh. Okay. So I agree with you that, you know, after 50, being on this earth for 50 goddamn years that you'd learn how to chew your food without, you know, having your tongue interfered with in a major consistent way. Yeah. No. And that's the problem. Here's the fucker part though, is that I've bitten my tongue many times sneezing. <laughs> I don't know how I do it, but I sneeze and I bite my tongue and it is very painful and I really don't like it. I've bitten in the last two years, I've bitten my tongue sneezing 10 times more than I've bitten my tongue chewing food. Oh, that's weird. I think you're sneezing wrong. I know. I, I got to practice sneezing. Yeah. I don't apparently. know what it is, what's going on, but I've bitten my tongue sneezing. So I feel for you, brother. It's uh. It's a colossal pain in the uh, in the ass. Well, then you might be doing it wrong, or your tongue's in the wrong place. But anyways, uh, hey, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, go ahead. Yeah, I suppose I've never had the sneezing problem, but the chewing, yeah, it's not not my uh, favorite thing. Biting my tongue while eating food. Anyways, um, that was fun, but we're not here to talk about personal mouth injuries or anything like that. We are here to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. The last two episodes of season seven, Jason. So once we're done here tonight, we are done with fear for the time being. And I feel like you might be excited about that. I am, uh, I am super excited about that. Okay, but we'll find out. We'll find out what you thought of these two episodes by the end of the night. The first thing, though, I want to talk about is a quick bit of Walking Dead news. And that is that Tales of the Walking Dead, the upcoming anthology series set in the walking dead universe has a premiere date so we know when it's going to be on is it uh june 22nd it is not june 22nd it is later this summer august 14th uh that's a sunday of course at 9 p.m eastern that will be the first of six one hour episodes for tales of the walking dead now, if you are a subscriber to AMC+, Plus, you will get the first two episodes that day, and then the remaining four will premiere the following four weeks, which is a week early from the broadcast date on normal AMC. So there you go. Tales of the Walking Dead coming August 14th, and I'm looking forward to that a lot more than I was looking forward to the back half of Fear Season 7. Yeah, well, you don't have to look forward to the back half of fear season seven at all now. Not anymore. That's right. It's, it's a hundred percent behind us once we're done. Now, if, if uh tales starts on August 14th, Jason, that puts the 
AMC broadcast of the sixth episode of that show on September the 18th. And I started thinking a little bit because there's still no word on when the main show comes back for its final eight episodes. And if Tales is finishing on September 18th, does that mean, do you think, that the main show could return the following week on September the 25th, maybe? They wouldn't do that. Why not? They would wait till October, wouldn't they? Are they going to wait till October? If they usually do. Okay, well, let's say it comes back the next week on October the 2nd, meaning there's two weeks in between. That would put the series finale, the all-time, once-and-for-all, season 11 series finale of The Walking Dead on November the 20th. Which I got to admit, kind of feels right to me. Start on October 2nd, finish on November 20th. What do you think about that? I think good thoughts about that. I think you are correct. I think the only gotcha that's in that equation is why the hell would AMC leave two weeks without The Walking Dead leading up to the final uh, third of the uh, of that of the season? Right. So. I mean, obviously there's a break now, but it's summertime, right? There's, it's common to have a break over the summer. So like, what do you think? Would they push it later in the year? Sorry, I was distracted. You sneezed and I was, uh, I was waiting to see if you bit your tongue. <laughs> I was like laser focused on, uh, what was going on over there. So that's why there was dead air there for a second. I apologize. Yeah, no, I, I did sneeze. I got my <laughs> hand on the sneeze button quick enough though, but I did not bite my tongue. Happy to report. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I'm tempted to, when I'm about to sneeze to stick my friggin' finger in my mouth. Cause I would rather much rather bite my finger. probably almost off because you can't really control your mouth when you're sneezing. I don't think, uh, then bite my tongue. Maybe. I'd rather, I would, I would rather lose a finger than bite my fucking tongue again. So. That's weird. <laughs> or at least, you know, tuck it in, you know, if I could get get it in there enough time to you know, like fiddle around with my tongue and make sure everything's okay and then sneeze. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. Bad. Anyway, I have no idea what question you asked me. The question was, do you think they would uh, push it later in the year and start it later in October and run closer to Christmas? No, because I, I agree. No. I think finishing around the end of November, the 20th, maybe the next week at the most, is good. As soon as you get into December, people are distracted by shopping and the holiday season and all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, when's Thanksgiving? That's a really uh, good I question. Don't, I don't even, I don't even, I no longer think of it as American Thanksgiving. I think of it as Thanksgiving. Right. I think of our Thanksgiving as Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, it's getting a little weird. Yeah, that's the thing. So it looks like Thanksgiving in 2022 in the U.S. is November 24th. So okay, then perfect. It would wrap up. So does that put that? Does that make that the long weekend, the 20th, or does it make the next one the long weekend? I don't the know. The next one, because the 24th is a Thursday, right? Because Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. Right. Then you have uh, Super Friday. What do you call that thing? Black Friday. Uh, and the, and then it's it's pretty much Christmas is in your face at that point. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, having that the week before is bloody perfect so there you go so our speculation is that the walking dead will start october 2nd and november 20th seems to make sense to me and if tales is starting august 14th and running through to september 18th it puts one weekend off in between which is a little weird but maybe that's just what they're doing yeah maybe they 
I don't know. It's probably a promotional weekend. Maybe they're going to do a, you know, a marathon of this season to get people excited. Like of the whole oh. Walking Dead first two halves. Yeah, they could and do then we something. Have the third half. They could do something like that before the third half starts. Do a little like a catch up weekend. I like that idea yep. too. Marathon weekend. I think we may you may be onto something here. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, um, Tales starts on August fourteenth. We'll be watching it, talking about it here. Um, I'm looking forward to that just because it's something different. New characters, new locations, new stories. No baggage, right? It's not bringing any baggage like Fear has you know, a giant cart full of behind it. So, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the same feeling I get whenever I start a new project. Like you're going in fresh, mm-hmm. you don't have any, any baggage and you've got at least four hours before you get behind on something. I, yeah, exactly. At least. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a wonderful half day. Absolutely. Uh, where you, you're not late and you don't have to worry about anything. Everything is in front of you until noon. And then all of a sudden it's like, shit, I got a whole bunch of stuff I should have done already. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what Tails is going to be like for the first episode. Maybe the first night. Yeah. No baggage. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. All right. Anyways, let's rewind. Before we get to that, we are here tonight to talk about Fear Season 7, Episode 15 and 16. Uh, episode 15, Jason, was called Amina. I believe that's how you pronounce that. And episode 16 was called Gone. Mm -hmm. So let's start with episode 15. This is Alicia Debnam Carey's final episode on the show. I don't know if you were aware of this, Jason, but she is not under contract to return for season eight. So for now, um, that's it for her. She is kind of literally walked off into the nuclear sunset and uh, she will not be returning to the show. Nobody really knew this going into the episode, at least not the fans and the viewers, Um, but it was confirmed by the showrunners and by her, actually, that that's her final episode, and she won't be coming back. So did did you know that before watching it? No, I didn't know. Well, I knew that this was her final season, but I didn't know that was her final episode, that she wouldn't be in the finale. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Because we talked about that, right? I don't know if we did. I'm not sure I remember knowing that she wasn't coming back after this one, but... Okay, well, I I kind of assumed she wasn't coming back, and you're my only source of information, so we must have talked about it. I suppose it's possible that I uh, I just forgot. I don't know. But anyways, in case... Because you said Alicia's going to die, and then Madison's going to come back. Well, I just speculated that. I was speculating that, remember, that the, the message would go out, that would draw Madison in, and there would be some sort of reunion right before Alicia died. I, I wasn't, I mean, I don't think I was saying that she was dying uh, because she wasn't under contract for the next season. I mean, maybe that was the oh. case, and it actually is. I thought you I thought you also told me that she's got another show already. Well, she does have another show, a Hulu show. Um, so, I thought, well, if you didn't explicitly say she was leaving the show, all this put together was telling me, telling my brain, okay. she's leaving the show. All right, fair enough. Well, bottom line is, she's leaving the show, and she's done Sweet. now, and she's not coming back. So, none of the original Clark family remain on the show for about a second. <laughs> a week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, here we are. Um, uh, you know, Alicia's final episode, it's really all about her and and you know what she does at the end here and you know i i i'm not going to mince words i think this was yet another brutal episode of this show that is not very good at all now having said that 
I think Alicia Debnam Carey was okay. She was given a lot of shit to work with, but I think she does her best here. So I didn't uh, mind her performance in this episode, even though I think it was pretty terrible overall. Yeah, the the episode was garbage. It was, it was a caravan of garbage uh, on fire with, with like, you know, smelly poop overtones. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't think, like, I'm not sure that her performance was fantastic either. There was some weak spots in it. I don't recall specific uh, events or things that she did, but there was yeah. some like, eh, she's better than that uh, I, moments for me. I don't know. Like, I think the acting on this show has never been really the problem. The problem is really the conception of the story and the writing and the way they tell it and the uh, lack of attention to detail they put in and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you can argue that Strand is hamming it up whenever, anytime he's on screen and so on. But for some reason, that just doesn't bother me quite as much. Um, and there are good actors on this show. And I yeah. do think overall they're doing the best they can with the shit sandwich that they're handed from the writing team. So in this case, I think Alicia does a pretty good job, but it doesn't uh, save yeah. the episode. It doesn't make it good by any stretch of the means, uh, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crappy and it was obvious. And, uh, like the little girl, like, you know, the big reveal that I'm you, it's like, mm -hmm. no shit, Sherlock. Come on. That was telegraphed from the first moment. Did you really need to have that as a big reveal? Well, yeah. And that's a point I wanted to make actually. So let's just start quickly at the beginning here. I mean, this is really follows Alicia as she goes on this kind of final, mission um and she's she's imagining this little girl that we've we saw once before in her dream right but she's following this girl around who is feeding her this story of i have to go find my friend my friend knows where padre is all this kind of stuff so alicia's seeing her and wants to help her not only help her but like rescue her too um so the episode is kind of consists of Alicia just sort of jumping around the map, following this girl. You know, she spends some time at the MRAP, some time at the tower, some time at the beach, some time in between all these places um, with no real traveling in between them. Um, but as you said, the little girl uh, turns out to be an imaginary representation of Alicia herself as a nine or 10 year old girl. And I, like you, I thought this was just absolutely super obvious from the beginning. And I also think, Jason, that the showrunners believed they were being super clever writing this story. Like people actually would be fooled and or intrigued by this so that when it was revealed, it was this big, incredible story beat. But it was so the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, it couldn't have been that stupid. I don't know, man. The, at, when you watch these episodes on AMC+, Plus, there's an 8 to 10 minute bit at the end of the episodes called Inside the Episode or something like that, where the showrunners do an interview about it. And I swear to God, man, these guys think they are just the smartest guys on earth. Like they think they were leading up to a big reveal in this episode. And I just don't know how you can believe that. Like, did anybody watch this and not go... Well, that's her as a little girl. I mean, that's that's her. That's her imagining herself. 
No, I don't I, think so. I don't know. Well, yeah, I didn't. Like it was, uh, it was obvious from the beginning. So, like, no, I'm not taking my mask off. It's like, oh, well, that's imaginary person. That's her. Yeah, right. She's imagining a whole bunch of other stuff. So why wouldn't she imagine herself as uh, a guide? Right. Uh, totally. And and I mean, there were plenty of, I mean, hints. I put hints in air quotes uh, throughout the episode. I I made a note of a couple of them here. You know, the girl says something. Uh, that apparently her mom used to say, and Alicia turns to her and says, yeah, my mom used to say the same thing. Like that's, is that, that's not obvious. Come on. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. She, she shows her that healed bite on her arm. You know, Alicia has this bite apparently on her arm or her former arm. Uh, they both have the dreams about coming, becoming a walker, all these kinds of things. So I just think it was so obvious and it blows my mind that these guys think that they were feeding us something unique or intriguing or whatever. I'm not saying it's a bad story idea. Like this kind of thing has been done a million times, but make it interesting. Don't think you're fooling us. Like accept the fact that everyone's going to know this is what's happening and just present the story as it is. I think it would have worked a lot better. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, did we really need the, uh, you know, Alicia meets up with her friends and she's like, where's the little girl? It's like, what little girl? Uh, well, obviously she's an imaginary little girl mm-hmm. and yeah, she's you. It's like, they were just, they telegraphed it so hard Yeah, and it's been done a million times. It just, I, that's why I have a hard time believing that the, the writers, uh, didn't know that everybody would, uh, see right through it. I- I agree it's kind of difficult to believe or wrap your mind around, but I really think they were, they think they were being super clever. Uh, that scene you're referring to, yeah, it was, it was so silly. Like it takes so long. They're in the middle of nowhere and Alicia's convincing them of this and it just ends in the, the hammiest way with everyone going, oh, you know what? We believe you. We'll all go back, you know, one at a time. They each get their, their moment to say, clever little line, you know, including Dwight, who's like, Sherry would kill me if I didn't go and help you. You know, I'm like, come on, come on. It's so terrible. It was pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. Um, but another terrible thing about this episode, I thought was just how, um, how there was no like continuity to it. The first thing that, that I noticed, do you remember the state of Alicia at the end of the previous episode, Jason, do you remember where she was, what she was doing? (laughs) Really? Oh, as soon as these podcasts were over, my memory <laughs> is wiped. Like it's just like scrubbed clean. I'm not sure whether it's a, you know, a very coarse brush or whether it's like a soft terry cloth kind of thing. Uh, it's probably not terry cloth because the, my brain is, uh, is pretty rough. So there's lots of like crevices and shit in there. So, well, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Have any idea what Alicia was doing at the end of. Well, that's probably helped a little bit because if you recall, which you don't, she was on top of the tower. She had just sent out her message. She then went unconscious way up on top of that antenna on the radio antenna and the building building was on fire. fire. Yeah. So how does this episode start? She wakes up on the beach. Like, excuse me? (laughs) Well, who hasn't done that, right? (laughs) Where you uh, are doing something that seems a little bit weird uh, and then you black out because you've been drinking so fucking hard and then you wake up on the beach. Yeah, right? fine, fine. I mean, who hasn't Infected had that? With something. Who hasn't had that happen to them? <laughs> of course. But like, here's 
an episode where she's up there, she's stuck up there, Strand is, you know, double-crossed her or whatever, and and then she just wakes up the next episode on the beach. Good to go. How did she get down there? How did she escape? Oh, you know what? Doesn't matter. How long has the building been on fire? Who cares? It's still on fire. Yeah. Looks like it barely is on fire anymore, but it is. I don't... Okay, so we have an action-adventure show with our uh, our heroine on top of a burning building, uh, you know, uh, giving it her last effort to send out a signal to everybody, yada, 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 she wakes up on a beach. That's exactly it. <sighs> That's harsh. And then... I, I didn't realize that, and that did help me, and it makes me angry. Right. It should, because it's absolutely terrible. And then this episode followed that pattern with her doing things, like she follows the little girl to the MRAP. And then to the tower and then to this location halfway in between where she convinces her friends to come back. And they're just jumping around the place. No sense of distance between anything on the map. Um, no time moving around. Meanwhile, time is kind of of the essence here because number one, the building should be, is on fire. We got all these walkers that are apparently coming and are ir irradiated. And once they light on fire, it's all going to release into the air. You know, all these things that they've, they've told us are supposed to be important and put the characters in danger, but they don't, they don't draw out the story in a way where you feel any of that tension. It's just like, jump here, jump there, go here, go there, do this, do that. And, you know, uh oh, maybe someone has to fight a walker once in a while. So, um, it was just terrible. It was just so bad. And I, I, that's pretty terrible. I feel, I feel bad for everybody involved because they're putting this out on the air. And I, I don't even know how to find anything good about it. Right. It's so tough. No wonder she wants to leave the show. Oh, I, I, I feel better for Alicia Debenham Carey that she's she's gone like she's one of the final holdouts of the original cast uh Victor I guess being the other major one for now um well, what the fuck is Kim Dickens doing wanting to come back then well we'll get to Kim in the next episode I think but uh, yeah it's a really good question I I really don't know um what what else have we got here so it's here, here's an example that I wrote down of just more of the lazy and, and stupid writing. So there's, there's at one point after Alicia's convinced all of her friends that, uh, they need to help her and follow her and they agree to bring her back to the tower. They get back to the tower and two things happen. Number one, at one point, Alicia's sitting there talking to the girl on a walkie talkie. Okay. So uh -huh. we, we know the girl doesn't exist. She's imaginary, yet she's talking to her on a walkie-talkie. That's fine. Alicia can be imagining that to herself, right? But I just was thinking, wouldn't somebody else listen to that on, an, on the walkie-talkie channel and hear a weird one-sided conversation proving that Alicia is imagining her? Because we know that at other times on this show, when it's convenient for other characters to hear walkie-talkie conversations, they do. When it's not convenient... They don't. So bad writing and just one of those things that like, oh, we'll ignore that because it, it, it makes our entire story fall apart and uh, we can't have yep. that. Well, the weird things have happened on the radio. Like, um, okay, so Jasper has a couple of uh, walkie-talkies that uh, he's been 
uh, playing with uh, for the last little while. But he's recently picked them up again, and we've been playing with them for the last couple of days. Sure. So he's got a call sign. I've got a call sign. Mom, His mom's got a call sign. I'm not going to say what they are in case you're in the neighborhood and listening. And you, I don't want you to, to attribute. But, uh, you know, it's things like he carry, carries around the walkie-talkie, and uh, he, you know, he gets on the walkie-talkie, and he pushes the button. He says, uh, 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 Dad, this is Jasper. I'm done pooping. Over. <laughs> kind of thing because he takes it to the bathroom with him it's uh-huh. like uh roger that jasper uh, i'll be right there over and out you know so and then i had to explain to him that you know these are citizen band radios like everybody can hear uh-huh. sure they might not be listening at that particular time but anything you everything anything you say when you press that button is broadcast out to the universe and they can hear you within a certain radius if they happen to be listening to that channel right so you know, and really, there's. It is probably not unusual to pick up a one-sided conversation because if you're within range of one walkie-talkie, you don't nece- you're not necessarily in range of the other side of that conversation. Like if there's a straight line between you, a person, and the th- the the person they're talking to, you can only hear the person that you're closest to. You can't hear the broadcast of the one on the other side. So you might hear a one-sided conversation. It's not necessarily abnormal. Well, how dare you tear down my uh, my uh, <laughs> dunking on this show? <laughs> but I still think it just happens to be that we've you know been playing around with walkie talkies the last couple of days. All right, like it's fine. fun. I think it's fantastic. I love walkie talkies. If he's interested in walkie talkies, I'll talk to him on a fucking walkie talkie all day long, every day. He could bring it to him, bring it to school with him. I'll talk to him all day long on that walkie talkie if it's within range. Your call sign is Big Daddy, isn't it? It is not Big Daddy. I did not want to go with Big Daddy. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say I went with something from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, all right. I'm sure. And that... not one of the big ones, one of the background fighter pilots. Ah. I was inspired by Maverick, but I didn't want to go Maverick call signs. Uh, I wanted to go with uh, Battlestar Galactica. All right. Cool. Good call. Everyone uh, take your guesses. Anyways, I still, I as that's a nice story. And I like the fact that Jasper is using the walkie-talkie and sometimes you hear one-sided conversations. I still think the show plays fast and loose with the rules and does whatever they want. Absolutely, especially with walkie-talkies, right? The unlimited range. uh, So, you know, really in that universe, uh, because I I have to think that because people are so soft, right? We know that the people are uh, easily injured and their, their bones are extremely soft and, and people are probably very cuddly. I didn't consider this before, but can you imagine getting a hug from somebody in that universe? It'd be, it'd be like hugging a teddy bear. Ooh, very nice. So squishy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because they're so soft, uh, radio signals probably passed right through them mm-hmm. very easily, right? Cause they're not dense. They don't have the dense bones and stuff. So can I assume that the rest of the universe is soft as well? I don't know. That mountains are not really all that tough to get radio signals through or uh, metal or, you know, buildings and things. Maybe. Maybe, maybe everything's larger. You know, uh, you remember Ant-Man, the movie? Yes. Very well. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, how, you know, the Ant-Man shrinks, but he maintains his, uh, uh, he maintains the matter. It's the distance between the molecules. So when he gets really small, he gets really, really dense. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, and Anyways. then when he gets really, sometimes, yes. But when they get really, really big, let's just assume that that's true. Okay. Which it isn't in the movies. 
But on the flip side, if the if he grows really really big, then he is probably very uh, not very dense at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like very uh, you know ethereal kind of thing. So you have something that's blown up to a huge scale, like when he grows to like be forty feet tall, he still weighs the same as a regular human being, right? It's just the molecules are really far apart. Sure. So maybe that is the secret to the Walking Dead universe. They're the same. They're just larger. Like the molecules are farther, farther apart and there's just more air between all of the different things. And so the physics is different. And all of this explains why the walkies work differently. Yes, because everything is less dense and the radio signals, which are not part, you know, they're not matter. So they're not, uh, so the radio signals are still, I assume they're the same regardless of what universe you're in. <laughs> why not? Uh, and the, so the radio signals have a much greater range. All right. Well, Makes sense to me, kind of. Uh, here's something that doesn't, though. As I was saying, Alicia convinces all her friends to follow her to the tower to help, and they agree. And then they arrive at the entrance to the tunnel, and what happens, Jason? Do you remember what happens? No. No, I didn't think so. She talks them out of coming in because she has to do this on oh, her right. own. I have quote. to do this alone. Yes. And, oh, and I'm yeah, like, why? Why? Like, you just brought them all there with you now you have to go alone like what the absolute f you know and the only reason is people are like that no the only reason is they need to have alicia alone in the tower with strand so why bring them at all like i i I figured they needed her to be alone so she could talk to the little girl that was obviously herself i i guess yeah they do but i mean the little girl appears to her while she's in the tower with strand in the next scene basically uh, so she c- probably could have appeared while everyone else is around too. But then, you know, then Alicia would look crazy talking to herself and everyone would ignore it because it's convenient for the story. I don't know. That's like the Snuffleupagus. It's all just so just, dumb. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so. Yeah, it's very frustrating because what some people are like that where they just like to manipulate people. It's like, come with me, let's go. They just want to control them, right? They convince them, it's like, come with me. I want to, I want to go as a group. I need you to come with me. Please come with me. Uh, we'd be better together. Let's go. And then they go and, and then it's like, no, you stay here. I just want to go by myself. It's all about the manipulation and control. It has nothing to do with whether or not they want them there or not want them there. They just want to be able to control their actions. Well. Uh, and some people are like that and they're just awful people. Well. Because. I never just focus on yourself, not on, you know, manipulating or controlling other people. Could be. I never really thought of Alicia like that, but something must explain it. Uh, So listen, she, you know, she finds Strand in the burning tower. Her purpose becomes to save him. Um, The little girl's friend is Strand, which means, you know, the friend in question is Alicia's friend, which is Strand. Um... I don't really understand what Strand is doing there. Like the building's on fire. It makes sense that like he was there too. So maybe he ran away down a couple of floors, but why is he just lying there getting drunk? I don't know. You know, well, you know, captain goes down with his ship. A, uh, a dictator goes down with his, uh, burning building with his tower. Okay, fine. That's it. I thought, why not run away? But sure. Go down with the ship. Anyways. How long do burning buildings take to burn? How, you know, is it? Is it an hour? Is it seven hours? I guess it depends I, on the building. It probably depends Jesus. on the building and the fire. Yeah. I I don't know. I just don't know why. Well, I mean, it's been a while. Like I said, Alicia somehow magically got out and got to the beach, but who well, knows Well, it was nighttime. How. Like it was dusk when that happened, right? 
Yes. Uh, like it was daytime and then dusk and then the flames went up yeah. and then she left and she came back and it was daytime. So yeah. 12 hours. Probably. Yep. Eight at the minimum. Sure. <laughs> you know, how long does the building take? Is it eight hours? Is it 10 hours? Well, we know how long it takes to go from the early evening to the next morning. So, I mean, to the light anyways, to the sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, she rescues Strand in the end and she, she casts off her, you know, she accepts her, her younger self into her and her purpose to save people and things like that. It's told through this story with about a bird I don't need to get into. Um, but then she rescues Strand and we don't see any of that. You know, Alicia can barely fight a walker. She can barely walk at times. She's fainting all over the place, but she can get Strand out of there to the MRAP and then radio everybody else. Whom we don't see come, they just end up back at the beach again. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. They're back at the beach. Back at the beach. It's That's a, where you it's end up. A te- we'll just call it teleportation beach from now on. It's like, it doesn't matter where you are or what's going on. You can always teleport back to the beach. You can. That's a great, uh, it's, a, it's a good name for a beach. I like that, teleportation beach. <laughs> Surely. Okay, well... To wrap up this episode, um, we have Alicia sitting there in one of the rafts. We get a parade of people come up to her, coming up to her to say goodbye, like Grace, Charlie, Daniel, Sherry, and Dwight, Luciana. Um, all of this felt super awkward to me. You know, it's like, oh, it's it's her last episode. We need everyone to come up and say how great she is and say goodbye. So I just kind of sat through that, and then ultimately, for some insane reason. She doesn't even go with them on the boats. She doesn't leave on the raft. And the way it's explained is that Strand comes along to get in the raft with her. And she's like, no, I don't know how long I'll have. I'm going to turn. You'll be in danger. And he freaks out. And then she gets out and he gets in the raft and goes. (laughs) Yeah. So stupid. Like, if she, even if she did turn on that, it's more of a dinghy than a raft. Like, even if she did turn, do you think you'd have like, any problem putting her down or pushing her overboard or something like it, No, not really. Not really. I mean, there's been lots of zombies uh, in the last few years that uh, everybody's dealt with pretty handily. Yeah. So I, I just think it's uh, the, the dumbest and laziest excuse to like leave her there on the beach alone. She might turn and she might put him in danger. I mean, well, she's a different kind of zombie, right? She's had the, uh, she's had the fever for, uh, quite some time now. For so months. That's maybe, right. Maybe she's worried that when she does turn that she will explode. She's the exploding kind of zombie. Oh. Uh, and, and that's a lot harder to deal with, uh, when you're in a raft. When you're on a boat. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. She's the exploding kind. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. That, yeah. Uh, anyways, they leave her there. They all float away. Um, Strand waves as he goes, you know, cause why not? Bye. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Um, <laughs> and then as she, she faints one more time on the beach as everyone paddles away and the episode's not quite over yet. We get a little epilogue at the end here where she wakes up. She's suddenly healed and feeling great. You can, she even looks healthier. She looks better, you know, when she, when she's, uh, when she reawakens, the fever is gone. Uh, to me, the air seemed cleaner, the sun a little bit brighter, and she walks back towards the tower with the purpose of finding people, uh, who heard her message and she wants to save them. So she stays there alone, all better now, um, having cast off everything else and everybody else. 
and she's going to stay there in this nuclear wasteland looking for people that heard her message. Was that a post credit scene? No, it was not. It was there. It was at the end of the episode. <laughs> you must have just blacked out from rage at how terrible this all was. No, that can't be right. Well, it was there. Um, okay. Definitely not post-credits. And so I started thinking, Jason, there's got to be some kind of explanation for all of this. And I started thinking, you know, if the girl was imaginary, you know, if, if just the girl, Alicia's younger self, was all in her head, couldn't everything be all in Alicia's head? And... You know, I thought maybe the final scene was after she died. Like, maybe she collapsed on that beach and died. And this was kind of like, I don't know, her her final imagination or something. Like, she she was healed, she got up and walked off the show, and that was it. And I'm like, maybe this whole episode was after she died. Like, it it, it could, maybe she died on that radio antenna. And that's why we never saw her escape from it. That's why she's able to jump around this map like easy as, as pie. That's why she was imagining this little girl. It would explain a lot of the illogical decisions. It would explain not seeing chunks, big chunks of things. Um, I wonder, like, I wonder if, if we're supposed to believe Alicia's dead and this whole episode was just kind of in her head as she passed away. I don't know. So should I, should I should I suggest that they take a page from M Night Shyamalan, which uh, did the did it better? You know, uh, he was dead the whole time. Uh, you know, that didn't there was a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense, uh, uh, but six of them did. Uh, so it was just it was. I, I agree with you that there was a lot going on here that uh, they glossed over and then didn't make any sense whatsoever, but maybe she died way back in the house with that deaf musician. You know, maybe she was dead then, or maybe well, she was dead a little bit. Maybe she died in the, uh, in the bunker kind of thing. Yeah. Everything is, an, uh, uh, you know, imaginary. I mean, how far back do you want to go? Maybe they're going to retcon this whole show and she died in the stadium instead of Madison. And that's why Madison is still sure, alive. What the hell? Just start over. Except, you know, uh, Maybe it was her ghost that was walking around because uh, Morgan remembers her. Yes, Morgan does remember her, but all, I'm just looking for ways to explain this to myself in, in how awful this was um, and how terrible an episode it was. Uh, and, and that's one of them I came up with. It's like, you know, this is all a dream or a, you know, a pre-death sort of hallucination. And that's why none of it makes any sense. Um, that would be good, but they didn't give us... They didn't give us that. No. Right? It was, there wasn't enough information to come to that conclusion. It would be nice, but uh, it's, just, it's not there. No, I, gr I agree it's not there. Uh, I'm just trying to explain it to myself. So I might, I might put that in my headcanon a little bit and be like, Alicia didn't walk off there. And if she did, she's walking off into the afterlife or something like that. I think she's dead. I hope Alicia Debnam Carey never comes back to this show because I don't want, I want her to move on to bigger and better things. I don't want her to have to come back to this if this is the quality we're going to get moving forward. If they're going to resurrect dead people, just bring back John Dory, you know? Oh, seriously, yeah. Pair him up with June and have them go off and do their own goddamn thing. You know, forget all this other shit. I hear you. I hear you, man. Um, and the, the final thing I'll say about this is 
I feel, I honestly feel robbed for now anyways, that we didn't get an Alicia and Madison reunion. Like there are certain things I feel like you just have to do, especially in a situation like this. And it pisses me off that these two characters never got their moment together. And, and if Alicia was dying, fine. And, and if it was her like dying breath, she sees her mother come back, whatever. Like it's, it's a form of reunion, but they didn't go that route. They, they wrote her off the show in the worst possible way. And then Madison shows up the next episode. I, I just don't know why they couldn't find a way to overlap them somehow. Uh, but you know, I get it. Some people might not have wanted that. And there's probably plenty of arguments to support not doing it. But for me, I'm like, yeah, I just feel like you have to. And they didn't. Maybe the actors hate each other. And, they said, <laughs> and Kim Dickens said, I'll come back, but I'm not sharing the screen with her. I won't be in the same set as her. I won't be in the, yeah, in the same location ever. Oh my God. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, worse things have happened between actors on TV shows. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Fucking, some actors uh, despise each other. Uh, yeah. And yet they go, they, yet they work together just fine. Well, Jason, speaking of Kim Dickens, the final episode of the season is episode 16. It's called Gone, and this is the return of Madison Clark. So just to set things up a little bit here, uh, we remember that Morgan went ahead in a, in a raft from everybody else. He has floated over to Louisiana, and that's where he is now. We know that because he walks past a, a sign on a shop or a road sign or something like that early on in the episode. And what he's done is he's tied his raft up between a bunch of trees in some, in like a makeshift sort of shelter there. So he's off the ground. I was wondering how he did that, by the way. I was like, what? Um, he tied the, yeah. okay, tied the raft up, you know, one corner at a time, get everything all balanced. But how the fuck did you get in there with a baby? I, I like you didn't have a ladder. Did you have a ladder? Did you bring the ladder into the raft with you? How did you get in there? Yeah, no, again, it's the details are not important, Jason. It's just and looks the bottom of the cool. raft was flat. They don't have a lot of stability on the bottom of those rafts. They're kind of like they're really kind of depending on the fact that water is going to hold them up, hold you up like a waterbed kind uh -huh. of thing. Uh -huh. uh, if you're just hanging in the middle of a goddamn. Uh, uh, couple of trees, like yeah. four trees at the corner, you're going to be, it's going to be like a, it's going to be worse than a hammock. It's you're going to be at the bottom of a goddamn funnel. Yeah. It's going to sink down. I know, I know, but don't ask silly questions like that. It's a kind of a neat thing to do, man. Tie a raft up some, some trees. Well, you know, living in a hammock, I'm all for it, but those things have a lot of structure. Like you yeah. see people, uh, climbing, uh, climbing walls and they have to do it. They have to spend weeks up there. Uh, Dawn Wall, uh, the Dawn Wall, a, a documentary. You should watch it. It's fucking fantastic. Okay. You know, when they build a structure to uh, sleep, these two guys wanted to climb the Dawn Wall in uh, Yosemite Park, whatever kind of park. Uh, but this is big sheer cliff and they were up there for weeks, right? And they brought this shelter with them and it was very rigid shelter, right? It mm -hmm. wasn't, they weren't sleeping in hammocks. It was this rigid shelter designed to be able to be hung from a fucking granite wall. Uh -huh. uh, that works. Taking a, uh, a life raft or a, from, a, from a ship or a submarine and stringing it up from trees? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. But that's what he's done. And uh, that's where they're living. They're still struggling to find food. You know, things aren't going so well. 
Morgan comes across this big old house, finds a woman named Ava inside who claims to be pregnant. Then he's attacked by a group of people that think Morgan is stealing babies because he has a baby with him. But in a... Uh, how else are you supposed to get a baby? Well, I guess so. So it's not that crazy a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how you get babies, right? You steal them from other people. You don't just grow your own babies. That's crazy. No, no, no. You steal them from other people. But in a big reversal here, uh, turns out that the people that are trying to kill Morgan are killed by the person who's really stealing the babies, and that's Madison Clark. Mm-hmm. She has returned. So Madison takes baby Mo, puts her on a boat to send away to her people, Morgan catches up with her and the rest of the episode is them kind of dealing with each other in this situation. Morgan learning who Madison is and then therefore trying to get Mo back and kind of just overall figuring out what the F is going on here. Yeah. So Madison, Jason, she's alive. She's back. Are you sure? I mean, we had questions about whether uh, uh, Alicia was alive in the last one. Is she, is she really alive? I think she's really alive. I don't think Morgan is imagining her this entire time, um, but she is alive. She needs oxygen. She, she breathes from an oxygen tank sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's explained for now by, you know, smoke inhalation way back at the, uh, um, at the stadium where she allegedly died. Um, I, I, there's obviously some problems with that. I mean, sure, people inhale smoke and they need oxygen, but it doesn't usually become a permanent thing, does it? They recover, they heal. Couldn't tell you. Okay. The only experience I have with smoke inhalation was when a, a, a girl I was dating fell asleep, uh, smoking a cigarette and, uh, she was sleeping on a futon and the whole fucking futon caught on fire. Uh, and she got some pretty serious smoke inhalation of, and futons are toxic when they're on fire. I don't know if you know that, but they're horrible things to start burning with well, kids in general, I'm just, I guess. I'm just glad that she didn't burn to death. Jesus. No fucking kidding. She said she woke up. It was mostly smoldering. Like it wasn't like a open flame or anything. It looked like a, uh, she said it looked like a crater, a smoldering, smoldering, burning embers in a huge crater in her bed. Jesus. And it was just her, her tiny, tiny apartment was just filled with smoke and she couldn't, she had a hard time talking. Uh, she went to the hospital and had oxygen stuff and she eventually recovered and didn't need oxygen. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, that's smoke inhalation. Uh, you know, people sometimes inhale fire itself. That's bad. They're in a fire. It's very bad. Yeah. So you actually, instead of just getting toxic smoke in your lungs and like hot smoke in your lungs, you actually inhale fire, which is super bad for your lungs. And maybe that's a thing, but I don't know. Well, I don't know. In this case, Madison is taking some oxygen still. Maybe there's something else going on that we will learn. I don't know. But before we get into some more of the details here about what she's doing and why she's doing it, um, I, I just wanted to say that I thought this episode felt to me not like the end of season seven, but this felt like the beginning of season eight. It's It, it was it, a completely different experience. Totally different. And... Like I said, before we go into some more of the details, did you like this one anymore? Did you, did, what did you think of this episode overall? Because it was so different. God help me. I kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting to, and it kind of hit me about a third of the way through it. I'm like, this is okay. It, and, and, I, and I can explain why. 
I, I kind of liked it. It was, uh, everybody was lying to everybody, which was fantastic. Okay. Like Madison was lying to uh, Morgan. Morgan was lying to Madison or, you know, withholding information and giving her snippets and implying lies and all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. then this other woman that they encountered, she was lying in order to further her agenda. And then there's these uh, uh, more themed bad guys. Uh, from uh, from Padre with their with their masks and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we got another themed gang going here. Fan fucking tastic. Uh, you know they. I'm not sure if they were lying to anybody, but uh, you know, and then there's the Padre people, which are I guess they didn't really weren't lying yet, but I got a whole theory about them. So the uh, but the 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 three of them, right? The the apparently pregnant lady, Madison and uh, uh, Morgan, like they were all like. There was this this weird kind of intrigue where the information was coming out in little dribs and drabs and, you know, a little twist here, twist there, twist mm-hmm. here, twist there. Uh, you know, it was kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. It was better. I, I didn't, I didn't dislike this one nearly as much. Uh, I do think that Kim Dickens and uh, uh, Lenny have Lenny good, James. Yeah, yeah, Lenny James have pretty good chemistry. I thought they were, they were good together. It was fun to watch them. I do think the reintroduction of Madison wasn't great. Uh, just the o- overall like con- concept of why she, what she's doing, and why she's doing it, I'm, I'm, I think is a little suspect so far. Um, but generally, this one was okay. And this is, in a way, why maybe why I think of this as. This is more like the first episode of season eight when they've reset the show and they're refreshing and they're starting over. And I can separate it a little bit more from the garbage fire that was season seven, uh, which helps my brain a little bit. So, yep. so I agree. This one wasn't terrible. I, I still don't think it was amazing TV or anything like that, but you know, I got to give them credit when due that this wasn't the worst thing ever. It wasn't the word. I agree. I didn't really think about it, but it it was it uh, it was a departure from the last episode and the whole last series of episodes. This yeah. feels like a new, and maybe they did that on purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. they needed to instead of waiting for a hiatus uh, and then trying to grab people and uh, adjusting the show tone in order to make it uh, a little bit better. Uh, maybe they decided that they needed to do that before the season ended or they might not come back for another season or they might not get an audience for another season. So we better fucking do it now yeah. and see if we can uh, retain some people uh, for the next season. You know, that's not a crazy idea. That being said, you know, I don't believe that the showrunners think that they made a terrible show in season seven. Um, I was going to say too, like maybe that's why there was no Alicia Madison reunion. They wanted to separate these shows or these episodes more than that. And if they did that, it would feel like more of too much of an overlap. But again, I don't really believe these guys think through things that much. It certainly doesn't feel like they do. So, well, you also have to think that if uh, something's fucking up, you don't say, you don't apologize for it. Uh, you either double down and dig into it, or you you, you come back with righteous in- indignation. Yeah. Uh, so you can't really come back with righteous indignation like uh, these fuckers fucked up this whole thing. It's not my fault. It's uh, it's these assholes that uh, they you know screwed it up. You can't do that because you're gonna you know take your career and shove it up your own ass, which is probably <laughs> yeah. not a great idea. No. So you double down. You say you you pretend that this was the plan all along. It's the same thing as those dictators. Uh, 
you know, people that uh, run a cult of personality, no matter what happens, that was the plan. Right. And this is fantastic. So they're, they're doubling down. They're digging in because yeah. it's the only choice they have. Well, I said it a few weeks ago, you know, they, it's the sunk cost fallacy. They're, they're, they get too deep into something and they just think, think they can't stop until they find a way to do it. And like, this maybe was the way, you know, it puts all the nuclear stuff behind us. Um, it, it lets Alicia go, you know, in some sort of way, who knows where all the other characters are. I mean, I assume they're going to show up in the same place Morgan is eventually, but if they sail off and like, you know, let's say Sarah doesn't come back to the show or whatever, they can just say, Oh, we had some trouble. You know, we had rafts capsized. There was a storm. Some people died, right? Sharks, whatever. Blame blame sharks. I mean, sharks have been blamed for, uh, you know, 50 years now. They're not really a big problem, but they've been blamed for a lot of shit. They have. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, they can easily talk their way out of, people not coming back, right? Or write their way out of characters not coming back. If if Strand and Dwight and Sherry are the only ones that make it, you know, um, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. So that kind of thing is, it. this is an opportunity for them to do that. And the whole tone of the show felt pretty different in this episode. And I feel like they're kind of rebooting it. Now, is it mean, does it mean season eight's going to be any good? I mean, I don't have a lot of faith, but... You never know. You never know. No. And everything's going to take place on the water. Like everybody ended up, uh, in the, in, you know, the final, uh, scene of whatever episode they were in were on the water, except for Alicia. Alicia's fucked off on the land. She's gone. Yep. But everybody else, one way or the other, they're floating on some water. It's funny you mentioned that because that is one of the things that the showrunners have said after these aired is that season eight is going to be about a lot of the time people on the water. So... It's funny you picked up on that because that is their intention. Um, well, as soon as I saw the boat at the end, I'm like, oh shit, they're going to Padres an aircraft carrier. It has to be, right? They're taking, and I figured they're taking all my ideas. Yeah. Madison's alive, fucking aircraft carrier. Oh, it has to be. You're absolutely right. Um, you're right. The final shot of this is uh, Morgan and Madison on that dinghy going out to the bigger ship that's out, you know, moored offshore. And that's obviously sh- a military ship. It, it's a military ship. And that ship is going to go and meet up with the aircraft carrier where everybody is hundred yeah, percent or the, you know, the aircraft in their support group. Like it just not, you know, aircraft, aircraft carriers can't survive on their own. Okay. Right? Fine. They need, uh, they need like all kinds of, they need a whole flotilla. They always go in like bunches of ships and things. Okay. Like, uh, you know, they have a laundry ship. Well, listen, right? you know, it's like, how are you going to do their laundry? Yeah. Well, I, that may be real life, but in this, it's just going to be an aircraft carrier because these guys don't know well, that. <laughs> Yeah, you anchor it and you've got all, you got yourself a nice island here that's, uh, yeah. you know, absolutely massive and can hold 5,000 people without a problem. Right. Right. And it's got lots of, like, it's the perfect thing, right? You got mm-hmm. this huge fucking flight deck, you know, plant some goddamn trees, some, you know, you bring up, bring some dirt from the land, you make a goddamn farm. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. It's really good. All this shit below for, you know, living quarters and stuff and the top, top side, you make it a goddamn park and a farm. That sounds idealistic in my mind. And it's fantastic. Nuclear powered, they can run for basically ever. You know, yeah. they have enough energy to run forever. So, and more nuclear weapons we could throw around. Like, look, think of the uh, aircraft carriers have missiles. They don't have missiles. No, they, they planes. That's no. the whole thing. Yeah, they don't have offensive. Well, they have very few offensive weapons. I, I'm just saying that I don't really know, but I would imagine they don't have very many. They got sidewinders. You know, they, the, you know, they have. They have okay. uh, air-to-air missiles. 
They have probably lots of bombs. I don't know if they have nuclear tipped bombs. No. But what do I know? But there's other ships around there, right? There's got to be at least a couple of submarines. Yeah, well, you know, the aircraft carrier groups have submarines. Yeah, I'm sure they do again in real life, but here it's, I think it's just going to be an aircraft carrier. It's going to be converted for in some of the ways you've, you've mentioned, uh, and a chunk of this story, a good chunk of it's going to take place on this aircraft carrier or the, or an oil rig ships back and forth. Eh, It could be an oil rig. Oil rig would be cheaper to film than an aircraft carrier. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Could be that too. Regardless though, some sort of ocean-based vessel. Yes. Right. Okay. But we've kind of skipped to the end. So that's what happens at the end of this episode. Um, Let's go back and examine a little bit what the hell Madison is doing. So she is what they call a collector and Mm -hmm. she is gathering children. She calls it rescuing them, but Morgan calls it stealing And she's claiming that she's taking them to this place, which is better for them. Although initially, of course, she won't say what happens to the kids when they get there. But we find out that they're separated from any family attachments or anybody they were with. And apparently this is what Padre does. They think that, you know, attachments and family is a problem, not a solution to the zombie apocalypse. And so really... There's no personal attachment because they think that's a weakness. And I got to admit that is at least a slightly different take than most of the other Walking Dead universe stuff we have, because all those shows are about sticking with the people you, with your family, with the people you love, like, you know, protect the people you, you want to protect. Whereas Padres taking the opposite approach, like, nope, that just causes weakness. So... If we separate everybody and there's no personal attachment, this is how we rebuild society. Mm, yeah, sure. Why not? Why Other not? Theme. Yeah. Now we didn't see any of this. It was just kind of told to us, but I imagine we're going to see some of that in season eight. Um, but that's what Madison is doing. If you can believe it, basically after what we know about her and, you know, her family's importance to her, but they try to explain that away in that, Um, she's been doing this collecting thing for so long, kind of forced into doing it by the Padre people. Um, But she explains that she's so ashamed of being a collector of children now that she worried that if she, um, number one, if she walked away from Padre, it would put Nick and Alicia in danger if indeed they were still alive. But also she just doesn't want to ever see them again because she's so, so ashamed of what she has been doing. I think that as a reason for her not wanting to see her own children again is just razor thin. Like it, it, I was thinking if, if, you know, before I saw this, if Madison shows up and her entire 100% goal doesn't instantly become, I want to go find Alicia and Nick, you know, not having known that Nick is long dead and whatever, I'm, there's no way I'm going to believe it. This explanation, oh, I, I don't know. It, it, it almost gets me there, but I'm not sure it does because I'm not sure there is an explanation that would get me there, but this comes close. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, 
I've lost all uh, I've lost all feeling of a uh, sense of right and wrong as far as motivations go. Yeah. You know, it's been such a long time since people's motivations made any sense whatsoever in the show that uh, I've, I've, I, I can't. I've been inoculated from giving a shit about what their motivations are. They're just going to, and how realistic they are, whether it makes sense for their character. Yeah. It just, it doesn't, it, I, 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 I just don't care. Yeah. I, you know, whether uh, as much as you seem to care about the, uh, the fact that her motivations need to make sense and it almost gets you there. It's like, yeah, get, who gives a shit? Yeah. Sure. She wants to steal babies from people. Uh, you know, even if you consider rescuing them, it's still, uh, uh, you know, it's still a psychotic thing to do. I mean, the, uh, the angels of death that, uh, you know, work in hospitals that kill patients, uh, because they think they're going to, you know, they're suffering too much. And then, so they give them drugs to, to murder them. It's still fucking murder. You jerk stores. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you're not helping them by killing them. No. You, you know, and you know, taking babies, regardless of whether you think it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, you take a baby from somebody whose uh, parent they are, or, you know, legal guardian or proper guardian is, if you take that baby, you're doing bad. You're doing a bad thing. Don't you think there are scenarios there where a, a baby is in danger and needs to be removed from a situation, even if the, even if it's being removed from its parent or legal guardian? Yeah, but it's not up to an individual to do that, right? So, yeah. uh, and this is where we're getting into, you know, society versus government. Uh, you know, sure there has to be, um, you know, checks and balances in there, but taking away uh, a child from their legal guardian has to, in order to protect them, has to happen. And I absolutely agree with it, but it's not somebody sneaking into their room in the middle of the night and taking the baby and absconding with it. I know. Uh, I was just right? throwing it out there as a devil's advocate kind of thing for yeah. what you were saying, but, uh, and I a hundred percent agree. Like there's nothing really right about what Madison is doing here. You know, child protective services don't uh, send out uh, freelance collectors no. to uh, snatch babies from their cribs because, uh, you know, the parents are shitty. No. And a lot of parents are shitty. Oh, fair. Yeah, of course. Um, and they don't go and they don't send them out to collect all of them either, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you got this neighborhood. Yeah. Go get all the babies. Uh-huh. And bring them back <laughs> you here. Got the, you got that neighborhood, you know, and let's see how many babies you can get. That's right. So that is what's happening on the show here. And, you know, in terms of not caring, like, yes, I, I'm with you. I find it sort of difficult already, but, but I, what I was looking for is I was looking for a reason to care about this and for a show to be good, you know, you do have to have some connection to the characters and you have to understand motivations and things like that. And Hey, I'm not, back there yet with this show for sure, but I was trying, right? I was trying to, to see where Madison was coming from or understand what was going on when it came to her reasoning for not immediately wanting to go and find Alicia because Morgan says, you know, as far he know, Morgan says she was dying when I last saw her, she was close to the end. She's probably dead now, but I never saw a body. And for a lot of parents, that would be good enough. That would be like, okay, you never saw the body. I'm going back. I need to see this for myself. I need to find my daughter. Morgan or uh, um, Kim Madison doesn't do that. And there needed to be a pretty good reason. I don't think this is quite it, 
but it almost got me there. And like I, to be admittedly, I was looking for it. I wanted to find it. Whereas you're not so, uh, you don't feel necessary anymore. You don't feel that. Well, it's not that it was there or wasn't (laughs) there. I just don't care. Like just, uh, I'm having a hard time, you know, buying into, uh, you know, people's motivations being, uh, reasonable. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're not most of the time. And, uh, that's where we are at now. So, you know, I don't know what else we can really get into on this episode, unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. I mean, like I said, to me, it felt like, uh, the reset Madison is back. We know a little bit about what she's doing and season eight of this show, whether we cover it or not, Jason is going to be about what the hell Padre is and, and dealing Padre with is an acronym. Yeah. That is a big deal. It's not a name of a thing. It's P dot a dot blah, blah, blah. It's Padre. It's uh, it stands for something. And I was kind of thinking of, uh, what that could possibly be, but <laughs> kept getting every time i tried to you know think of uh the pacific and atlantic uh defense blah 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 every time i started uh, getting into that my brain just kept switching to what does shield mean again strategic homeland uh you know and i was trying to think about that and so and and it's like no no no, go back to padre started thinking about padre it's like man no fuck what the fuck is the end of that shield acronym anyway uh <laughs> yeah, so I don't know my either, brain actually. could not could not stay on this. It was just, it was a slippery thing, but it's, it's, I I think it's important to recognize that it's an acronym for something. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And probably military because they had this book that was green and you know, when you see any books that are green, they're military. Military. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, although it didn't have the proper paper for a aquatic military notebook, uh, because they have special paper that uh, you can actually you write on it and you can throw it in the water and stuff and it won't, the ink won't run. Come on. Details. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to these guys. So Padre. So I was going to say, yeah, next season is going to be about what Madison's experience there, what it's like at Padre, what these people are really doing. And I assume they will essentially be the enemy for season eight. Uh, and are we going to watch it? I don't know. Well, don't we have to? Well, I, I, I guess it depends on whether you are tired of me complaining about this show. What if and it's about good. how much I? What if what if what if the return of Madison is what they needed, and somehow, you know, it's it's the key to creating a, a fascinating show again. Okay, well, let's put it this way: I'm going to watch it. Okay, right, and we're going to talk about it, but. Uh, you know, do we just talk about the whole season when it's over or do we go in like we've done two episodes at a time now? Do we skip to three episodes at a time? Do we skip to half seasons at a time? Uh, but basically it, it boils down to can't not watch it. Okay. And can't not talk about it. Okay. Fair. I mean, that's kind of what we do here. Um, we won't have any more main walking dead show. Uh, you know, I don't know what the plans are for Tales of the Walking Dead, but we might not have any more of that. Uh, I don't know when the Daryl show is going to be airing. It's not anytime soon because they haven't started production on it yet. Same goes for Isle of the Dead with, uh, JDM and, and, um, Lauren Cohan. So by the time, like after, 
after the main show wraps up, the next thing that they're going to air probably is the first half of season eight of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, so it might be the only Walking Dead on for a little while. And hmm. that means <laughs> we're going to have nothing else to do unless we cover more movies like Top Gun and stuff like that. So we can just shut it down, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or we could go back and I, I, one of the things I really want to do is go back and rewatch. I uh-huh. haven't done that and I've been purposefully not doing that for a decade. Yeah. I think it's worth a rewatch. All right. Well, there's always that option too. So I guess we have plenty of ideas of things that we can uh, keep going here with, but whatever. We just start over and go do, you know, episode by episode recap, you know, just redo it. (laughs) Redo the whole thing. Why not? Yeah. Another decade. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell? We'll have three or four listeners at the end of it. I'm sure. Probably at, at, you know, at at the most. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, fear season eight. Coming sometime in 2023, I imagine spring, probably, and or late winter. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be the Madison show and the Padre show. All right, Jason, I do have some listener feedback here from some listeners, and I think we should uh, play and read it right now. The first thing is a call from Caden in Alberta. Hey, Chris and Jason, Caden from Alberta here. Just wanted to call in with my thoughts about the last two episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead, Season 7. Episode 15 was kind of mixed, in my opinion. I did not love the whole Alicia kind of hallucinating dreaming stuff. It kind of felt like it was getting a bit old. And I kind of wish they would have spent more time with her interacting with some of the other characters, considering this is, as far as we know, her last episode on the series. But I thought that the ending was pretty solid, and I am at least happy they kept her alive to maybe do something with that character again in the future. I I, I feel like that'd be a pretty mixed place to leave her character if we never see Alicia again. But I I think for now, it's kind of the best ending you could give the character without directly killing her off. Episode 16 was really good. Everything with Madison and Morgan was just perfect, in my opinion. I, I really liked the chemistry they had, and seeing Madison, seeing how much she's changed since season four was cool. One question I do have is, are they going to keep her need for an oxygen tank, an oxygen tank? Sorry. I'm wondering if that's going to be something that with season eight and beyond like season nine, they'd keep, or if that's something that lasts for one or two episodes and then kind of just goes away. I'm not sure like how that works. So I'm just curious. I've seen some people asking about that. And I feel like they did a good job, at the very least, making me interested in watching season eight. Season seven definitely had a lot of downs and a few ups, but overall, it, it it's kind of hard to describe. It was good in some spots, but not as good as I think it could have been. Overall, episode 15, mixed. Uh, episode 16, loved. And season seven, I'd give like a, this might sound kind of funny, but a seven out of 10, in my opinion. Good, but not as good as it could have been, in my opinion. Anyways, that's just my thoughts. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Caden. As you may have guessed, can't really say I agree with your assessment entirely, but I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you found some stuff to to dig in there. Um, and And I do think, which I didn't really explicitly say before, I do think that the setup for season eight in this episode 16 has got me a little more interested in in continuing to watch it because I 
you know, I do like the Madison character and I, I want them to do uh, good by her. And I, I like Kim Dickens. Yeah. I've liked everything she's in uh, so far. I don't think I've ever seen anything uh, that she's been in that I didn't like, uh, including Fear the Walking Dead when she was on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that they listened to me and didn't kill her. Uh, <laughs> right. She wasn't dead. But uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it too. In a way, a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, all right. Thank you, Caden, for that. Next is a call from Mike in Cumbria, England. Hey, guys. This is Mike Hills from Cumbria, England. Just listening to your interpretation of the last two Fear the Dead Walking podcasts, and I need to make an apology. Um, during the last season, I said I preferred Fear the Walking Dead to The Walking Dead. Now, I don't think there's any show I've ever seen in my life as bad as Fear the Walking Dead. It is like the Waltons or the Little House in the Prairie stuck in in a zombie world. Because it's all about, I've got more morals than you. Oh, no, I've got more morals than you. Oh, I have more. Just come on, guys. Get some excitement going. The world, nuclear bombs have just gone off. And you're worried about who's the most moral, who has the most morals. Oh my word, I just can't, I just can't believe it. I'm just waiting for, for Michael Landon to show up on this show. It's just drivel. It's going nowhere. Oh, it's just so bad. I'm invested, so I'll keep watching. But I got to admit, after every episode, on a, I watch it on a Sunday evening. I just like, I just want to just cry. It's so bad. There you go. A weak and snooty Englishman telling you that I think that Fear the Walking Dead could be the worst show ever on TV. It is the Waltons or Little House on the Prairie of zombie apocalypse shows. Okay. But your podcast is still fantastic, so thank you for keeping that going. You guys are awesome. I just need to... uh, I just need to... Breathe. Breathe. Okay, thank you, Mike. Uh, I I think Mike's call might have got cut off after that because he continued for a bit and then it seemed to end unnaturally, but I I ended it there. It seemed like a good place to stop. So, uh... (laughs) Don't diss Little House. Well... I'm a I'm a Little House fan. He Michael did. Landon, I'll, you know, it's a shame that he's dead, but, uh, you know, if he showed up on the show, I wouldn't be disappointed. All right. Well, other than that, he We're said- We're show on TV, eh? Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about the Waltons, but uh, I'm trying to think of really, really, really crappy shows that have lasted seven seasons. Uh, yeah, not many have gone that long. That's Saved sure. by the Bell? But a lot of people love that show. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, well, I can't say I loved it, but- I don't, it, it's a different thing and it wasn't this bad. Uh, Jason in Indiana writes, I'll keep my feedback short. This was one of the worst episodes of television I've ever watched in my 27 years of life. And he's referring to episode 15, Amina. Uh, so he kind of agrees. One of the worst things ever. He limits it to this episode, not the whole show, but you know, pretty bad. And then Barbara in California writes, This episode had me so confused. I watched it twice and it still makes no sense. I could not tell the difference between reality and Alicia's dream. And then she lists off a bunch of things here. The tower is on fire, but Alicia goes back to get Strand, but the fire isn't seen and there's hardly any smoke. People are wearing masks and then not wearing masks randomly. 
Either the zombies at the tower are toxic or they aren't. Choose one. Why is she passing out one minute and fighting zombies the next? Alicia doesn't want anyone in the boat with her in case she turns. She could quickly be dispatched by another person. So some of the same complaints I had, but yeah, yep. none of it really makes a lot of sense, Barbara. Uh, Nathan in Sydney, Australia writes, the nuclear apocalypse is a big joke with masks coming off at the drop of a hat. Instead of the beautiful, huge post-apocalyptic landscapes I've come to love in this franchise, we get cheap looking sets. It feels tiny. Apparently nothing is further than a 10 minute walk away. Episode 15 was just a bad episode of Fight Club. Episode 16 was season eight, episode one, which uh, he's right. He's totally right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Richard in San Diego wrote in, I'm going to preface this email saying you guys didn't like the episode, but I thought it was great. Madison is back. Her chemistry with Morgan was great. I personally don't feel like I needed answers immediately to all the questions we have about how she survived and what's going to happen with everyone going forward. As a finale, I think it introduced her very well and told us enough of her story to make us want to watch season eight. Also, I assume all the nuclear stuff is going to be behind us in season eight and Padre is the new bad guy. I'm probably the only one looking forward to the next chapter. And that's okay with me. I don't know, Richard, probably not the only one, but uh, when there's only 600,000 people watching each of these episodes when they air, it's a small group for Walking Dead anyways. It is a small group. Yeah. You know? That's uh, that's not many. That's where the ratings ended up recently, by the way, uh, about 600,000 uh, per episode when it airs on AMC. Maybe lots more on AMC Plus and wherever else, but... Not that many considering, uh, Hey, here's, here's a fun fact, Jason. If you go back to sure. season one, episode one of fear, the walking dead, do you know how many people tuned into that? 3.8 million, million people, 10 million people. Oh, Jesus. Hey, fuck 10. That's right. 10 million people. We seven seasons later, we are, and just over a hundred episodes later, we are at half a mil, 600,000. It's quite the, uh, dramatic decline. It really, really is. Uh, okay, that is everything for this week. Just before we wrap up, though, I do want to send out some thank yous for people who have recently decided to support the show, if you don't mind, Jason. Sure. All right. We have new patron Vicky S, who went to patreon.com slash the talking dead to support us there. And then we've got Helen C and Patty G who both made uh, contributions via PayPal, which is still a thing that you can do and very, very much appreciated. So thank you to all of you for support of the podcast. It really means a ton to us. And, you know, if you'd like to help out with uh, everything we do here, visit patreon.com slash the talking dead to become a patron. Uh, I know I've said it a million times, but Current patrons will be part of our Patreon prize of Palooza, which will happen when the main show comes back, which could be early October. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Uh, and um, the PayPal link would be talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal, if that is more up your alley. So thank you so much to everyone that does that. If you'd like to support the show for no money whatsoever, that is also cool. Leave us a star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or 
other podcast platforms, that really helps as well. So thanks to everyone who contributes into who does and who does that. All righty. Well, Jason, Fear the Walking Dead is done. Um, Tales of the Walking Dead doesn't start until August. We have a little bit of time in between here. So at this moment of, in time, I don't really have a plan for the next few weeks, which to be fair is probably okay. I've got some busy work stuff coming up. That doesn't mean we're not going to podcast. We will find something to do, something to talk about. Maybe there will mm -hmm. be huge news about Rick returning, you know, who knows? Uh, we'll have to talk about that. Um, but I'm just not sure when it's going to happen. So we won't be gone too long. Please stick around, you know, go back, listen to our old episodes. If you want, that's always fun. I hear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I hear. <laughs> Um, but we will be back in the coming weeks with more podcasts for you. So don't fret and fear. Don't fear. <laughs> don't fear. Maybe, no. maybe Rick will show up in the, uh, the MCU multiverse. Uh, sure. Why not? The, I mean, it's a multiverse, so Walking Dead could fit into there somehow, right? Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah, of course. I'm not sure how he could contribute to the multiverse, but whatever. I mean, in, uh, you know, they're weaponizing nostalgia so why not why the hell not yeah i haven't seen uh dr strange 2 yet i'm gonna have to do that soon yeah i'm gonna have to do that myself maybe we can make that a thing but uh yeah see i'm worried about spoilers right so right. i have to and i'm so glad we went to see maverick uh because uh, i've seen so many spoilers of uh, uh of maverick over the last uh, couple of weeks that um uh, that I'm glad we saw it. I wonder if that's because you're not trying to avoid them anymore because you've seen the film. Like if you hadn't seen it, you would have maybe actively tried to avoid them a little bit more. I don't know. Who knows? Usually it has to do with choice of thumbnail, thumbnail on uh, YouTube videos. Ah, yes. And a lot of times uh, they will, uh, I don't want to spoil, like we spend a lot of time spoiling it. I don't want to spoil it now, uh, but they've spent, uh, there's a lot of spoilers in the thumbnails of, uh, of Maverick discussions. Yeah. And it just drives me batshit crazy. They're trying to grab views, but, uh, they're just, they don't give a shit about spoilers. It's yeah. Very frustrating. That's a crappy attitude. Uh, anyway, so all that is to say, we will find something to do in the coming weeks, uh, Walking Dead related if we can, but you never know. So, um, keep your eye on your feed there on your podcast app. We will be in it in the near future once again. But in the meantime, everyone, if you would like to get in touch, please do uh, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top to record a message that will come right into us. You can also find us on Twitter at TalkingDead or send email to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our coverage of fear, the good and the mostly bad of fear season seven. Uh, I do hope it I mean, I know it came across as super negative. I know that, but I hope that didn't turn anyone off too much. Uh, but because we just got to say it like it is, right? And uh, it sure was bad. So I just wanted to say thanks, everyone, for listening. If you, you know, don't uh, listen again until The Walking Dead comes back on or when Tales comes back on, I do hope you will rejoin us for those shows because I think Tales is going to be a fun one to cover. I really do. And I look forward to that. All right. That's going to do it, everyone. Uh, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.